He paused to look around before entering. A churchyard. Here, then, the wretched man, whose name he had now to learn, lay underneath the ground. It was a worthy place, walled in by houses, overrun by grass and weeds, the growth of vegetation's death, not life. Choked up with too much burying, fat with repleted appetite, a worthy place. The spirit stood among the graves and pointed down to one. He advanced towards it, trembling. The phantom was exactly as it had been, but he dreaded that he saw new meaning in its solemn shape. Before I draw nearer to that stone to which you point, said Scrooge, answer me one question. Are these the shadows of the things that will be, or are they the shadows of the things that may be only? Still, the ghost pointed downward to the grave by which it stood. Men's courses will foreshadow certain ends, to which, if preserved in, they must lead, said Scrooge. But if the courses be departed from, the ends will change. Say it is thus with what you show me. The spirit was immovable as ever. Scrooge crept towards it, trembling as he went, and following the finger, read upon the stone of the neglected grave his own name, Ebenezer Scrooge. There we go. Okay. Don't hurt yourself getting off your high horse there. Shut up. I actually set up a chiropractor appointment. Because my back hurts oh, from carrying this team. God. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were serious. Yes, I was afraid you knew where I was going with that joke. Hello. You are listening to, or so they say, the podcast where two sisters listen to loud trucks in the background tra- the podcast God. where two sisters travel small town america one ghostly tale at a time i'm kelsey and i'm megan and i have loud neighbors and i'm, and I'm annoyed sorry. <laughs> so. but welcome to our christmas special yeah christmas eve special. it's christmas eve it is which is nuts this was equally the longest and fastest year of my life mm-hmm. yeah it was not, it was a doozy, folks. This was not a good one. No. <laughs> a little delayed. Sorry, it was not. Yeah, this year was wild. I just don't, I have no words. Like, here we are in December and just. Yeah, yeah I don't <laughs> even know. I don't know. I don't know what to say about it either. I can't it's... sum up this year in any one phrase or sentence no i don't think anybody can i just yeah i I literally keep trying to just come up with like a a a closing phrase for it but Mm -hmm. um f off that's what i got for 2020 i saw something let's better look next year i saw something today that said all you this year's gonna be my year people are pretty quiet (laughs) (laughs) this year I'm going to wait on it. No one's jumping on that train for 2021. You tried not to jinx us. Yeah, please don't. For God's sake, don't. Okay, but anyway. Uh, yeah, so we're, this is our Christmas Eve special. So we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, yes. Hopefully you guys liked that little introduction. I think it was probably pretty obvious that it was uh, an excerpt from Charles Dickens' immortal classic yes a christmas carol which which we can read because it's now public domain because it's old as dirt Mm -hmm. so but even if it isn't we just said it's an excerpt so yeah well there you go there you go (laughs) yeah you know 
anyway. Credit where credit's due. <laughs> Thanks, Charles. Yeah. Uh, Charlie. <laughs> Keeping it catch. Chuck. Chuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Too much? <laughs> Uh, no, just, just the right amount, I think. So <laughs> he'd appreciate it. Yes. So a couple, yeah. So a couple things are actually different this episode. One, our, our intro was a little more festive. I really didn't, I didn't mean that as a pun until it came out of my mouth. Two, we have a drink this time, but it's also a little bit different. Megan, why don't you, yeah, mm. Megan, why don't you go ahead and tell us what we're drinking today? Well, I'm a little, intentions were good yeah it's the thought that counts always right so we're actually drinking a cocktail we don't have anything to crack or pop open for you so and we'll save you the pouring of liquids in a glass this is not asmr (laughs) and it never will be go somewhere else if that's what you want um so this is a, a a i guess it's christmas cocktail it's a holiday drink if you will um, it's supposed to be a, a cranberry maple bourbon smash. Yes. Which and we've had before. Pretty uh, good. Pretty good. It was really good be, on Thanksgiving. Yeah. But, uh, it's going to be a surprise for both of us this time because why, I forgot Megan? one small ingredient. <laughs> I forgot the cranberry juice. It is literally, it's supposed to be like equal parts bourbon and cranberry juice Mm-hmm. Um, a little more cranberry juice, I think, than bourbon. And look, I made my own homemade maple cranberry syrup to put in. So we did that. It has a rosemary sprig. So it's very. Oh, sorry. You might hear the stirring in the background. Very see festive settling. looking. Yes. Um, we had the bourbon, of course. You have to have that. So I we were <laughs> trying to come up with something to put in it since we did not have cranberry juice or any juice of the kind in the house. And I apparently just lived like I'm still in college and Megan opened my fridge and my options were uh, milk and beer. Or uh, white wine. Or white wine. Yes, that... So So, surprise. We did not... Spoilers, we didn't use milk or beer. We went with a nice white wine, actually from a, a previous episode. <laughs> so I, I won't say which one because it's uh, we've had it for a hot a little bit. <laughs> I have so. a lot of wine in my house, guys. Let's have um, a party sometime. So we did white wine instead of cranberry juice. So we're not going to drag it out. There's nothing else to tell you except if you have all of these ingredients, except use cranberry juice instead of white wine. It's a very good drink. <laughs> But we're about to find out. Uh, <laughs> we'll let you know how the white wine tastes with it. White wine, bourbon smash. This is white wine and bourbon. It, it still oh, has God. the cranberry syrup in it, so there's that. I'm going to stir. I'm sorry. That's fine. I'm going to smell probably regretfully. It's not terrible smelling. No, it just it's, smells like the bourbon. It smells like bourbon. Okay, and I can see it thick with syrup yeah let's just <laughs> so, i think i just want to get it over oh and with. also we have cat shaped ice cubes oh yes <laughs> well, they were cats <laughs> they're a little deformed now little blobs as now, they but... melt okay let's let's just get we'll this give over it with. a taste oh my god i am shooketh it's holy crap actually really good it's really good <laughs> what in the world i Okay, and I'll be honest, we're I, I'm still not going to say what wine this was, um, but it was not one of our favorites, I don't think. Was it a Chardonnay? 
No, it was not the Chardonnay because that's definitely not Oh, my yeah, we didn't do. But no, this one I remember being like, it's not awful, but it's not great. It's just kind of a pretty bland old wine. And this, yeah, I got, I have no, again, speechless. Could have fooled me. Yeah. You know what? If you don't have cranberry juice, white wine works just fine. I'll go ahead and put our OSTS stamp of approval on that. Yeah, right. And this is just a all-around table white a white table wine there's nothing nothing, crazy it's not like a chardonnay or a riesling or whatever anything like that it's just a table wine but yeah i am really surprised i was really ready to just wince through this whole episode but Mm -hmm. no i'm probably afraid you're gonna by the end of it yeah (laughs) so that is a again if you want to drink along it's a cranberry maple uh bourbon smash cocktail I think is what it's called. Yep. It's cranberry maple syrup. If you want to go that extra mile, make your own syrup. It's really not hard. Uh, bourbon, cranberry juice over ice, or substitute some white, white wine. wine and then just a sprig of rosemary for some decoration. Super festive. Very nice. Nice. 10 out of 10, man. Would recommend. We're here for it. Yes. All right. So that was a quick... That was a quick segment on the alcohol for once. Well, we didn't have anyone to, like, talk about breweries or anything like that, wineries. So it's just us (laughs) making this. (laughs) So Megan this week has our history. Yes. Yes. So since we're doing things a little bit different and we're not talking about Haunted Place in particular or our own ghost story i guess place we've been we're going to cover actually the history of ghosts and christmas which i know what you're thinking how can this be besides a christmas carol right right yeah surprisingly that's that's sarcasm uh searching ghost stories and christmas time 99 percent of the stuff you find is about a christmas carol Uh (laughs) but yeah that's that's what's going to be the third different thing about this episode is no, no, we didn't go anywhere. We don't have our own experiences here. Uh, but we were interested in the idea of the tradition of ghost stories during Christmas time because mm-hmm. in searching it, I think you stumbled upon like Christmas time ghost traditions and you're like yeah. the F and that, and then we just went down this rabbit hole and it's actually really interesting. And I don't want to say any more because that's the whole point of the history section. Mm-hmm. So I'll let you do your thing. Yeah. So most of my information came from one or two websites at the most. Um, I didn't want to get too deep into Charles Dickens because everybody knows A Christmas Carol. Yeah. I mean, there's no way you don't. (laughs) Right, right. Still good. Love Scrooge. I've already watched it. I was going to say, actually, what is your favorite rendition of A Christmas Carol? Scrooge. Scrooge, really? Yeah. Is now a good time to tell you I've never seen it. Excuse me. Okay. And besides, you're wrong. Your answer is just wrong. Hello? Uh, the superior version is a, if you mu- say a, mu- a Muppet Christmas Carol. It's a Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm-mm. Okay. Have you actually seen it? I have seen parts of it. I haven't watched all the way through. Okay. And well, I've seen parts of Scrooged. Okay. So we need to swap movies <laughs> and I need to watch. Right. So at this point in recording... We haven't seen either or, mm-hmm. uh, but we will check in with you next time around. Mm-hmm. 
and tell you how Whoa. it went, and we'll yeah. figure out what the superior Muppet is. Oh, stop it. <laughs> you quit. It. Jim I, Henson against God, Bill Gonzo Murray. Gonzo and Rizzo are, is the duo I never thought I needed. <laughs> they didn't have to do that for us, but they did it. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> we'll we'll check back with you guys on how that goes, but we'll see. Uh, we'll agree to disagree. Future at this spirit point. is terrifying. Yeah, that I can't agree on. Right. Which oh, and then I guess this is just a tiny little segue. I actually did um. It's, this is related to A Christmas Carol because I know we're not really going to cover it. So I just want to say it now. I did an internship with the Indiana Repertory Theater in Indianapolis. And it was during the Christmas season. So they did A Christmas Carol. That's that's their thing. It's a really big to do there. They do A Christmas Carol every year. I had never seen it at the theater before. So this was me being a part of it. I actually helped run Spotlight for it. This was my first exposure to it and whenever we get out of this nightmare of a quarantine so hopefully by christmas of 2021 go see it it's super cool but the ghost of christmas yet to come in the irt our indiana repertory theater sorry version terrifying it is the i man i saw that show probably at least 40 times between all of the spotlighting and rehearsals and all that and it's the weird man, terrifying. But yeah, really, I mean really it's good. supposed to be. I don't know how it looks in the Muppet movie, but <laughs> in Scrooge, it's pretty scary looking and, and sad. Yeah, and it's weird because I don't think it really was intended to be overly scary, but that's sort of. Ha- I mean, the looming unknown, I guess. But right when you think of the idea of Scrooge and the path that he's going down, well, Scrooge, not Scrooge, to, mm-hmm. uh, and the path that he's going down in his life, it is scary for him. So yeah, and it's, that's true. Yeah, and I don't that, know and if that's Charles the whole point of the story that way, but no, I mean it's to scare you into changing who you to are. be a better human being, <laughs> to be a better person, not change who you are. Uh, but yeah, IRT, go check it out. Very scary ghost uh, and giant mm-hmm. snow drums. I think I found snow in my shoes months after the fact. It was, it was a trip. Goodness, yeah, goodness sakes. All right, reel it back in now to history of ghosts and Christmas. So, aside from a Christmas Carol, it may be a little more. There are little hints and sprinklings of ghost stories being told around Christmas time still today that you may not notice that's still part of our history it's just not as celebrated i guess Mm -hmm. so most of my information is coming from two sources one is from bigthink.com and it's written by molly hansen actually almost to the day it was written december 20th of 2019 close so So pretty darn close um so she starts off by saying Quote, despite its cheerful overtones today, Christmas during the Victorian era was the time to tell tales more chilling than icy winter nights and send morbid holiday cards. So that's just a little (laughs) blip. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I don't know. uh, We'll get there. I don't know if you checked any of those out, but I actually have a couple here that I'm going to show you. Mm -hmm. They're fun. And we'll post them for you guys (laughs) if you've never seen these Christmas cards. So the... The tradition of telling ghost stories around Christmas actually dates back pretty far. So uh, Charles Dickens wrote A Christmas Carol in 1843. 
um, it started around about that time, actually. He kind of, not that he, he created the idea. Yeah, but it was kind of a new concept, and then it just sort of took off from there. Right, and I feel like I read, he was a little bit pompous about it. He's just like, ghost storytelling during Christmas time was starting to wane, and then I made it popular again. I feel like I read that somewhere, I'm like, okay, okay. calm down. Now, I did watch a movie recently. I've kind of sort of started watching the um, Hallmark movies, the really oh cheesy <laughs> Christmas movies. And I came across one on Hulu. If you have a subscription, you should find it. And I can't remember. It, it's called The Man Who Invented Christmas. So, again, mm-hmm. with the whole, like, haha, I, you know, made this big, wonderful thing. And it's like, mm, I mean, agree or disagree. I suppose. He, uh, that one was a really good rendition of A Christmas Carol 2, I think. So I was genuinely surprised. I was expecting full-on cheesy Hallmark classic, and I got a, a, a decent telling of the story. So I was, it was nice. Surprised and delighted. It follows the actual Charles Dickens and him writing this novel, trying to write the novel, and how it comes to him. So it was a pretty good show. Okay. Yeah, maybe it was just the thing that I read. It just sounded a little pompous that it was like, I single-handedly saved Christmas or ghost telling at Christmas time or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Chuck. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another, besides A Christmas Carol, there's another um, little blip that you may notice in a Christmas song, actually, that hints to the uh, ghost story telling it's in Andy Williams, 1963 holiday classic, the most wonderful time of the year. And if you recall, there's a line in the song that says there'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. Which, I wasn't going to sing it. <laughs> right. Right. And it's weird because you didn't, question I th- it's it. one of those things. Yeah. It's one of those things you sing it f- from the time that you're little and, I think in the back of your mind, you're like, that doesn't fit here, but it's part of the song. I guess it is what it is. Yeah. it. When I think about it, I know I heard the line. I'm like, why are there scary ghost stories? And are I we, think it's we're interesting. We're talking about Christmas, right? I do think it's interesting that the chord progression there is more of a somber, if, if anyone it can does. think of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets, because it's all major, and then we get to the, it builds, you know, I don't know how to explain it. I'm not music major and I can't even put my words there but yeah I think it's interesting what they did with the music there also Mm -hmm. not relevant but I like it so creating tension (laughs) Molly goes on to say in her article here that frigid temperatures and long nights were considered the best conditions to share grim stories which makes sense. Super makes you, sense. You're you're holed up inside. It's dark. It's cold. Everybody's and wet sad and, already. <laughs> yeah, seasonal depression is setting on thick. Like, right. It's there. Might as well tell somber, um, sad stories. And there's a quote here from Jerome K. Jerome. What a uh, name. <laughs> that says, "Quote: Nothing satisfies us on Christmas Eve but to hear each other tell authentic anecdotes about specters." And he was a British travel writer and humorist. And this is from his 1891 anthology of Christmas ghost stories called Told After Supper. I hate that oh, word. I hate, thank you. <laughs> I, I hate that word also. It's awful. And we grew up in a family that thinks they're from the deep south. And so no. that, was, uh-uh. <laughs> that was a meal during the day. Um, there is another novel or story out there that you may not realize is a Christmas story. It's an... More recently, uh, if anyone has Netflix, 
everyone has Netflix and or, or you, you have, have someone else's yeah you have someone Netflix. else's Netflix <laughs> uh The Haunting of Hill House came out with their second season it's called The Haunting of Bly Manor and it's actually spoilers to anyone who hasn't seen it yet but if you've read the book it's uh The Turn of the Screw that Uh-oh. is based off this novel and then okay. it was written in 1898 it's actually a novella excuse me uh, the oh, Turn wow. of the Screw is about a chilling series of supposedly ghostly events that befall a young governess, and it begins with men gathered around a fire sharing spooky stories on Christmas Eve. So this pattern continues throughout history and different stories and poems, songs. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe, we couldn't leave him out of spooky things. No, of course not. He starts his poem, The Raven, in the bleak month of December. So a lot of things, even if they don't mention Christmas specifically, do are, are set around that time mm-hmm. in, in the dead of winter, and if it, you will. Yeah, it makes, it makes sense that it is because winter is so bleak and sad and whatever. And I, it's... I like that people embrace like the holiday songs and the Christmas lights and all the things that make you feel warm and fuzzy because it is so bleak and dark. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea of the ghost stories. The darker all- side of yeah, Christmas. Well, of course we do, but. <laughs> I do. Okay. I read another article and I didn't put this down, but it even more famously Frankenstein Originally, when she wrote Frankenstein, it was in November, and she talks about the sheets of ice just moving like glaciers across the water and how Frankenstein falls into this icy water. And eventually, her publisher actually changed the date from November to December. I think December 11th, to be specific. Hmm. So her publisher made her change the date. I don't know if he made her what ended up happening, but actually went back to December again. I didn't, I can't cite this article exactly. I didn't actually take that one down. It was just a lot going on. It was uh, United King. I know it was dot UK something independent dot co whatever. So the tradition of telling ghost stories actually went early into the 20th century with magazines running ghost stories regularly during the Christmas time. In December. And that's kind of what I've got as far as publications of ghost stories and books and things like that. So another thing I mentioned in the little blur, I guess Molly mentioned, excuse me, is about the bizarre Victorian Christmas cards. (laughs) This is, I don't even know what to say about these. So, well, I'll go ahead and say before you go, I was looking these up as well when I was doing my segment Mm -hmm. and I was at uh, one of our local coffee shops and one of the baristas walked behind me and saw my laptop and like did a double take and she was like, what are you looking at? (laughs) I was like, clearly Christmas cards. Like you're getting one in the mail. Yeah, (laughs) obviously that's what's happening here. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this one or not. Yes, I did. You see did? That one. Okay. Uh, I can't even, des- I, I guess I can describe it. Uh, it's like a frog dancing with a, a dung beetle. And then there's yeah. like a an ant. No, it's a flying insect of sorts playing the tambourine in the background. So <laughs> just visualize that for a moment. Let your mind's eye do the work. So the article goes on to say that among the dark, outlandish designs included macabre images like a murderous frog stabbing and looting a fellow amphibian. I actually have that one. Which we... Yeah. (laughs) St. Nicholas peeping through windows and stuffing children into his gift sack, Mm -hmm. giant waltzing insects, and dead robins. 
It's a far cry from today's festive gift cards. Right. And did you look into gift the cards, Dead sorry, Robin? Sorry, Christmas cards. Okay, yeah. Did you look into the Dead Robin one? Yes, it does okay. go on. Well, actually, to... then go ahead. I got this. Me look, when I was looking up cards, because I had some visuals for you, I found I'm glad you found it, too, because I can remember slightly, but I knew I would kind of botch what it meant. Mm-hmm. I had to make sure I had it here. But yes, it, it, it does cover the symbolism of Robins and things like that, which is kind of... I don't know. There's two there's two ways to do things, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. uh, she said Victorians wanted their cards to serve as shocking conversation starters, and some of the morbidly outlandish designs were influenced by folklore customs. For instance, in English myths, robins and wrens were considered sacred species. According to John Grossman, author of Christmas Curiosities, Old, Dark, and Forgotten Christmas, images of dead birds might have been used to, quote, elicit Victorian sympathy and may reference common stories of poor children freezing to death at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. So you're supposed to see this dead Robin and say, oh, I really should probably give to the needy <laughs> or put together a little gift set for some, you know, poor kids in need. God. Uh, go volunteer at a soup kitchen. Looking at dead birds also does this to me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It does not at all. <laughs> but we don't give to Salvation Army. Anyway. Yeah, well, you know. God, <laughs> so, I, yeah. Yeah. We are not here for that nonsense. That's a no from me, dog. Oh, they also cover, she covered a little bit of the legend of Santa Claus. So Molly doing all the hefty, heavy lifting here. Thanks, Molly. Um, <laughs> you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. She did a good job in this article. Well, there you go. And I'm paraphrasing most of it. Uh, the legend of Santa Claus was much more sinister during the Victorian era. An English legend had him paired up with a devil and good cop, bad cop duo to figure out which children had been naughty and which had been nice and how their fates should be carried out. So this kind of starts to... I'm not going to get too deep into it because uh, Kelsey's going to cover a different segment here. But You're I right. feel like it's even creeped over. It's more a European tradition, but it's kind of creeped over into... U.S., I think, and about uh, Krampus is who they're talking about. Right. So, or uh, some version of Krampus. Right. And we actually, this weekend, we we traveled this weekend, this past weekend, and we stopped in a library and found, this is just a tiny, tiny segue, which is, I found a book, What it was just called Santa's Twin, right? Yes. Um, we were in a children's section and I saw a book that was called Santa's Twin, but it was written by Dean Koontz. And now I don't know if most of our listeners know who Dean Koontz is, but he's a pretty, he's like, I feel like he's a couple notches below Stephen King. He's a pretty well known. I would say like, he's almost in tow with Stephen King. Like I mean, they both just pump out novels like they got nothing yeah, else going on. horror novels specifically. Horror and sci-fi is kind of where he mm-hmm. lies. So I see in a kid's section uh, Santa's Twin by Dean Koontz and I was like oh like he's really branching out here so I pulled out the book from the shelf and I have never been so startled <laughs> I have never man. been so startled in my life the second I saw the cover I was like okay no Dean Koontz did not branch out it was the most <laughs> terrifying not. cover art for a kid's book I have ever seen so go ahead and google Dean Koontz's Santa's Twin and Actually, I'll probably go ahead and have, we'll go ahead and put it on the website also just because I was so shook by this cover. 
I don't know. It's, I turned it around and showed Megan. She went, oh my God. Like, I can't. <laughs> and actually, Stephen King also wrote a children's book. Was it equally terrifying, the cover? Um, I guess it's not a train. I don't remember what it's called, yeah. though. It's like a sinister Thomas the Train. I should He looks sinister. I don't really know what the story's about. Right. And I feel like I can't fault Dean Koontz because he didn't do the cover art, but you know he approved it, and he was probably like, no, I'll make it creepier. Yes. Creepier. <laughs> I don't want souls in those children's eyes. Perfect. Right. You got it. <sighs> so now we're going to get back on track here, just a little bit more of my section. This is the part that uh, some of y'all ain't going to like to hear, but deal with it because buckle up. You're about to get hit with some knowledge. Okay, I'm I'm interested. This is Christmas's supernatural roots. Okay. So, historically... Uh, okay, I, I think I know where this is going. <laughs> Go for it. December 25th actually had a closer link to pre-Christian festivals that honored... Honored? <laughs> That honored the winter solstice, uh, and it really had nothing to do with Christianity. In fact, uh, Puritan leaders tried to abolish Christmas at one point because there was no biblical basis for celebrating the day whatsoever. In fact, most people worked on Christmas Day because there was no reason to take it off. It, it was it just wasn't celebrated in that way. So it was a working day. Up and it until wasn't as frowned upon to work then that like that's how passive people were you were kind of lazy if you took the 25th off honestly like most people were working december 25th it wasn't associated with christmas and presents and but now see now i have a question here because you said when was a christmas carol written 1860 1840 now look you made me sorry my bad 18 i'm it's in the 1800s. It's in the mid to late 1800s, I believe. 1843. Okay, 1843, mid to late. And in that, Ebenezer Scrooge is a Scrooge because he wants to work Christmas Day or he's like frowned upon. He doesn't like the idea of not working on Christmas Day because he doesn't see the point of it, but everybody mm -hmm. pitches a fit. And I guess they don't necessarily, necessarily allude to Christianity in it, but it's just, they're like, the spirit of Christmas, give us the day off, blah, blah, blah. So what time frame are we talking about you were aloof if you didn't work? We're talking about Puritan times, oh. Puritan leaders. So okay, so we're talking before. Like, yeah. Yeah, before Well Charles before. Dickens. Okay. I don't, I am not really good with history. So, okay. Uh, like the 1600s is what I would say. Yeah. Okay. Well then, yeah, definitely. I, I was just curious because I'm like, if he's writing in the mid 1800s, it's already getting its Christian roots. Mm -hmm. So. Actually, this other side article from history.com says that the Puritans banned the public celebration of Christmas in Massachusetts Bay Colony for an entire generation. That uh, lets you know how much they were not into Christmas. The super Christians were not the Putting Christ the, in Christmas. Yeah, banned the <laughs> frivolity of Christmas. Because it was a pagan holiday, and that's what it was seen as. So in this article that Molly had written on... Which website am I even on? <laughs> Bigthink.com. Okay. The different symbols, mistletoe, holly berries... I'm sorry, folks. We... If you've been hearing weird scratches or 
flailing in the background. My cats are really on one tonight. <laughs> Just and like there. there. He goes. <laughs> uh, the zoomies are hitting bad and it's real, real frustrating. Mm-hmm. But I hope you all don't mind it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was saying <laughs> mistletoe, holly berries, wreaths, and yule logs are all pagan symbols at the time. Mm-hmm. So everyone who cries, keep Christ in Christmas. Um, it he was, was never there. Yeah, it wasn't yours. So back off, Karen, <laughs> back off. So celebrations like Yuletide symbolically celebrate the death of light and the longest night of the year. For this reason, the date was considered to be the most haunted as the veil between realms of the living and dead uh, were extremely thin. Mm-hmm. Because this year, October, or October. <laughs> look what look what you guys are trying to make me do. Y'all stop. Um, December twenty first is the beginning of the winter solstice and Yuletide, so mm-hmm. it is the shortest day of the year, technically. Yep, it was our great grandma's birthday, and she was always super salty about it. Oh, she she like, played that up. Of course, oh, yeah. my of course, birthday. I get the shortest day of the year. <laughs> so it's probably because this time of year being so dark and gloomy and dim. And if you think about back in the eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds modern medicine wasn't a thing healthcare wasn't really a thing mm-hmm. the chilly breath of death felt a bit closer if you will says molly the conditions were ripe for imaginations to run wild in fact in shakespeare's play the uh yeah the winter's tale i always thought it was a winter's tale the winter's tale well, there you go uh Mammalus proclaims quote a sad tale's best for winter i have one of sprites and goblins and that was written in 1611. So wintertime has always been associated with death and despair and grim and mm-hmm. bleak. And it makes total sense. So thanks to Irish and Scottish immigrants, traditions like Halloween were embraced in the United States and designated as the official spooky season. And Christmas was purified. So maybe this year you can change your traditions up a little bit and... Make it a little more spooky this year. Yeah, no, I'm Since super down. Since that's what down. it was. Right, I'm super down for the idea of bringing back telling ghost stories at Christmas time. At Christmas Eve. And you know what? Our family, uh, <laughs> because we have siblings who have children, they like to spend Christmas Day together as a family. We actually come together as an immediate family for Christmas Eve. So we all get to spend some time together. So you know what? I think we're about to surprise and delight. Right, we need to come. Household with some Christmas stories or some ghost stories. Right, and I feel like, our family would be like, yep, totally. Right, no questions here. Kick back and drink this makeshift cranberry maple smash. Yep, bourbon which smash. I'm like more than halfway through. I know. I, ha- <laughs> I got to take two drinks of mine and then jump in. But that kind of wraps up pretty much the history of Christmas. I know I could have delved deeper. Like we could have expanded on the Puritans banning Christmas. We could have expanded on a lot of things. But that just gives you the general idea. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. So we were trying to figure out how to split this up because we don't have an experience here or anything. Mm -mm. So I tried to go a little more fun route. And what I'm going to discuss is different figures during Christmas time around the world. So like how we have Santa Claus. Santa Claus is not... In the United States, we have Santa Claus. In the United States, we have Santa Claus. We do have some international listeners. Yes, uh, my apologies. In America, in the United States, we have Santa Claus, and that's pretty much it. It's kind of silly. I guess you could go ahead and say, like, 
Rudolph. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is a figure that we kind of, mm-hmm. whatever, Frosty, Frosty the, the snowman, snowman is a figure. But really, like... The Bumble. No, the he's Bumble. The Bumble. <laughs> no, but as far as who interacts with... It, it, who makes Christmas Christmas, I guess Santa Claus is really the, the, face. the deal here. And yeah. they, they threw in Mrs. Claus because whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> took a nice long sip of my drink there mm-hmm. <laughs> indeed but we around the world it is not uncommon i think santa claus has been embraced by a lot of the world most of the world but traditionally almost every other country has their own thing going on and i'm gonna cover a handful of them for you here some of them some of them i'm pretty familiar with others i am not and pronunciation is going oh, pronunci- to be a do- mess. Oh, God. Nobody... I'm going to... Do not at me. I, I'm going to butcher probably the majority of these. So... Mm-hmm. What happened? Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to blame it on this drink. That what was supposed to just be harmless cranberry juice was replaced with more alcohol. So... And I'm almost done with it. <laughs> I have to drive... Oh, yeah. So Calm I'm going to sip a little. Oh, well, you know, it's too late. Yeah, so. well, it is what it is. So, and I don't know, the whole purification thing that Megan mentioned about uh, Christmas time must have just stuck with the United States. Like, we're not here to to soil our children's visions of what is now known as Christmas. Mm-hmm. The rest of the world doesn't give a flying F, and, here, and you're going to hear why. Starting with... Krampus that we talked about earlier which mm-hmm. is a he is the prominent figure in I actually I thought Germany Germany does it's Austria as well okay. so that whole section but I guess here it's claiming like Austria is claiming him and all of this information I meant to say came from the very reputable source mentalfloss.com oh but it I don't know I just their descriptions of these in particular cracked me up so that's what we're going with so it says here that Krampus is this terrifying horned monster. Oh, it says this terrifying horned monster is part of the Christmas tradition in Austria and other surrounding countries. If children are good, St. Nicholas brings them toys. So they still have St. Nick. Uh, this is what you were. she was discussing was there's St. Nick, Santa Claus, whatever you want to call him is the nice one. Mm-hmm. Krampus is the one that cleans up the mess behind him. Good cop, bad cop. Exactly. If you will. If they're bad, though. They've got to face Krampus's wrath. The clawed hairy beast is said to punish naughty children by stealing their cho- toys, smacking them with a birch rod, and even try- even tying them in a sack and chucking them into a river. Bye-bye. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> uh, and it, this, like, shouldn't be funny, but it is. Krampus is also a prominent presence on Krampusnacht, which is December 5th, when young men outfit themselves in elaborate costumes and masks and terrorize the neighborhood, sometimes even beating bystanders, 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 <laughs> uh, getting a lump of coal in your stocking doesn't seem like such a terrible fate in comparison, now does it? Right, that's the worst we do to our kids, is yeah. like... Yeah, so they like really put the fear of, well, the fear of Krampus into these children. So it's like here... If you're good, you get toys, you get candy, you get whatever, a pat on the back. If you're bad, you get a lump of coal, which like TBH, poor Feel families poor families back in Puritan times were probably still freaking grateful for that. <laughs> so really pretty 
pales in comparison to Krampus here. Beat you with a birch rod, put you in a sack, and throw you in the river. <laughs> Down by the river. Um, me and Megan both took German in high school. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Frau listens to this or not. Hopefully. I've, I've actually talked to her about it before, but Frau canton i suppose it doesn't matter was our was our teacher Mm -hmm. and she took the whole uh german holidays very seriously so we we discussed krampus in detail we Uh, put our shoes in the hallway that's a different thing and we'll get there (gasps) is that not christmas i thought you it it is christmas time but it's a different figure and and we'll get to that okay but so i remember learning about krampus in high school and it was it was just terrifying and the whole krampus knock thing it's weird yeah, people will gr- dress up as this guy. So like horned beast kind looking like a masks. Biped. Yeah. Yeah, people dress up like that and go and terrorize the neighborhoods, but it's fine on December 5th cuz it's Krampus knocked. Yeah. So like they go around and terrify these children and they're like, "If you don't want that to happen to you on Christmas Day, <laughs> you better calm the f down." Got 20 days. <laughs> yep. So, thanks Austria for Krampus terrifying fueling our nightmares absolutely like maybe i don't know if we'll go this far i'm wondering if we could almost put a picture of all of these on the website as well just because yeah, we could do like a slideshow or something yeah i'm, I'm a visual learner yeah and these things are terrifying some mm-hmm. of them not all of them uh, which brings us to our next one which i don't think oh here you go this is what it is our next one which is not terrifying is bellsnickel and this is the one that you were thinking about with the shoes. Oh, okay. That does sound familiar. Right. I feel like the thing is the name didn't ring a bell so much as when I saw an image of him. I was like, oh yeah. Okay. So it says in parts of Germany and in some Pennsylvania Dutch communities, children <laughs> get visits from somewhat less intimidating Bellsnickel instead of Krampus. Bellsnickel is a man covered head to toe in dark furs, sneaks a sock or shoe full of candy into... Ch- and wait... They wrote this weird. So, yeah, he okay, he's just a man covered head to toe in dark furs and he sneaks a sock or shoe full of candy into children's rooms. Like Krampus though, Bellsnickel will put his foot down. If the children have been naughty, they'll wake up to a shoe full of coal or switches. <laughs> <laughs> Which like again, you know like little nightmarish children, they'd find a switch and be like, "Yes," and just go around and start hitting people with it. Like or i mean i could have gone the yard and got my own right or i mean if like you're into that then you'd be oh like yes bells nickel <laughs> good child yay not not the child like the parents like please give me that switch <laughs> don't yuck anybody's yum if that's what you're into <laughs> uh, just goodness. stop i'm not even mad uh, in the 19th century, men would sometimes dress up as Bellsnickel and go prowling around the city, a practice known as Bellsnicking. But these days, Bellsnickel has largely for- been forgotten in favor of Saint Nick. No. Yeah, so that was something that we practiced in high school was we, uh, she made us kind of rea- uh, react, reenact. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the drink is doing more than i thought <laughs> she had us participate yeah participate in a rendition of this and we would all put our shoes out in the hallway and she'd be like go to sleep and would make us put our head <laughs> she's like i'm gonna turn off the light and you're gonna go to sleep and people weren't taking it seriously and wouldn't put their head down she's like if you don't go to sleep bell's nickel's not gonna come 
did she like make sure everybody was quote unquote asleep and then turn on lights be like oh it's morning let's see what he left you and she a went, treasure I know, she, and is. she went out and put candies in all of our shoes and it was the cutest god dang thing and i think every other language being t- like every other teacher surrounding would see this happening <laughs> and just be like um are you okay <laughs> like they see all this walking the kids around without take shoes, shoes off. <laughs> like i would remember teachers coming by our kids walking by and they're like what in the world i honestly think that's how she rounded up so many people to take german it's if su- i knew what day that bell snickle was coming i'd be wearing knee-high boots and be like fill her up <laughs> I didn't think or give some stability for my switches, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's Bell's Nickel. Next, I took a whole semester, singular semester of French. So, but I'm still going to Obviously book. a connoisseur. <laughs> Absolutely. I got, I think I got like a B plus. So Is I, that a French word? Connoisseur? Connoisseur. Yeah, actually, you know, it might Ooh. be. Don't, don't. <laughs> Don't I'm check gonna that look everybody. like a fool now. <laughs> Don't Google it. Just know we're correct. Right. So this, I'm Googling it. This next figure, oh, this, yeah, don't, please don't come for me, is called Pierre Fortar. Fortar? Pierre Fortar. Pierre Fortard. <laughs> <laughs> If it makes you feel any better, connoisseur is a French word. Okay, good. Yeah, it's, it's, if, I guess if you want to get all fancy with it, it should be like Pierre Fautard, but like Pierre Foutard uh, <laughs> is another of St. Nicholas's enforcers, this time in Eastern France. Uh, this bearded black robed character carries either a whip or a rod. Someone, whoever, <laughs> whoever made up these figures clearly had a thing like i don't care i don't care 1600s or not like kinks, i don't know I've been kinks watching... do not tra- kinks transcend time and space uh i've been watching outlander and it does not look friendly <laughs> i guess that's true yikes yeah way to make it not well, fun anymore I'm just saying <laughs> where now where was i i'm all flustered with these Flute, switches and rods and whips okay oh, <laughs> Uh, so he carries those while St. Nick hands out toys to the good children. Futard is said to be <laughs> a beast. I'm so sorry to anybody who took French or like we, if we happen to have French listeners. I don't think we do. But like when you come around to it. And we are not. I'm not trying to. I'm not. We're not trying to be offensive for God's sake. No, guys. I'm just dumb and drunk. So like, well, okay, bust. I'm not drunk. Maybe a little. My face is warm. Let's go on. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Pierre Fautar, there, that's, wow, that was like the most American way I could say that. <sighs> Pierre is said to beat the naughty ones. It's not even Pierre. I'm now just We're going being mean. It. It's fine. <laughs> even though he may not be as visually terrifying as Krampus, some origin stories for Pierre, which, you know what, now I can say, you want to know what it translates to? Tell me. Well, I don't know if it translates to this. It must, because it says origin stories for this name, and then in parentheses, Father Whipper. Hello? Yeah. Origin stories for the Father Whipper are pretty grisly. He's said to be an evil butcher who murdered three boys, a crime St. Nicholas discovered before resurrecting the youngsters and shaming him into working for him forever to atone for his sins. The French. Like, I know you guys went through a heck of a revolution, but like... 
chill out <laughs> I, I was gonna ask who hurt you but like we, we know, know. <laughs> we know who, who hurt you but dang like dang that like goes beyond like satan being banished from heaven for being a douchebag like at least satan didn't murder three boys that i'm aware of uh. okay next <laughs> i've got a handful more i think maybe four more next is gryla which i really hope we get a picture of gryla on the website because she's a treasure is this it the cat no this is not the cat Ow, the cat okay. it, thanks for jumping the gun the cat's the two away two i'm away. sorry i'm just, <laughs> i know there's a cat and i know so spoilers excited. everyone no gryla Here's what it has to say about Gryla. Naughty children in Iceland have to fear being caught by Gryla, an ogress who lives in a mountain cave but comes out each year to plague bad kids during Christmas. During the 18th century, Gryla was such a terrifying figure. Her mythology at the, at the time included eating bad children, not just scaring them, uh, that a public decree banned the use of Gryla to strike terror in the hearts of the poorly behaved... <laughs> She is also the mother of Yule Lads, 13 mischievous characters with names like Door Slammer and Sausage Swiper. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and habits to match. Yeah, so Gryla just straight up got banned in Iceland because they're like, She's you too scary. Yeah, she was too so scary that Iceland banned her and they're like, you cannot use this against children. You know children. what, those were kids who were just scarred for life growing up hearing about Gryla that when they got older they said, you know what, now that I'm a politician we are no longer speaking of Gryla. Right. She ruined Gryla who? Many- I don't know her. <laughs> she ruined too many Christmases. <laughs> I promise, okay, I've only got three more, but I, these are these are all just so good I couldn't help it. This next one is Olentzero. I, I think it says where it comes from. Oh, I guess... In Bosque communities? B-A-S-Q-U-E? I don't know. Olenzero is in Bosque communities. Olenzero comes to town on Christmas Eve to deliver children's holiday gifts. Although Altenzero, an overweight man who wears a beret, smokes a pipe, and dresses like a Bosque farmer, (laughs) is now a beloved character who comes bearing gifts, he used to have more violent aspects to his personality. Originally, he went around town with his sickle... Are you ready for this? What? I need you to like make eye contact with me. Yeah, so this this overweight, jolly man that wears a beret and smokes a pipe and dresses like a Bosque farmer now, his origin story was he went around town with his sickle, cutting the throats of people who ate too much on Christmas Eve. Oh, don't I would touch be our dead group. over and over again. <laughs> I know our group of friends, I swear. They're shaking right now. Um <laughs> If you're wanting to know, uh, Bosque is, there are people who live in both Spain and France in areas bordering the Bay of Biscay and encompassing the western foothills of the Pyrenees Pyrenees Mountains. If that means anything to anyone. Again, I ask, who hurt you? (laughs) Like, (laughs) takes a sickle to cut the throats of the people who ate too much on Christmas Eve. You wouldn't even leave, live to see Christmas Day. It's like, you glutton. And you know what? That's ironic coming from a farmer. A like fat what? farmer that wears a beret. It literally says... When I looked up, what are they called? Basque, Basque farmers? Mm-hmm. Literally, that is 
That's what Why they does are. that look like Dr. Alan Grant from over here in the bottom right? Oh, ignore him. That's okay. who we want to look at. Oh, okay. With a br- It says an overweight man. It sounds to me like you've got some internalized like uh, self-hatred Trauma. going on. Yeah. That just seems a little ironic coming from you. All in zero. You can't come from me. I'm not from Spain or France. <laughs> yeah, so. Good luck. <laughs> I'm just going to get cold for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I just wow, this drink is. I told you, I told you. Okay, two more. Now, Megan, hold on to your hat, your beret, and your pipe because let me butcher (laughs) this. I wait, stop. Okay, so I'm just gonna say that this comes from it's Iceland again, and weirdly, I am not fluent in Icelandic language, so at all. I really just want to say jack-o'-lantern. That's not <gasps> even up. Because it's like Yolakotrin, the Christmas cat. Did I, do you think I tried? I believe you. Yeah, well, because I'm guessing, I don't know. I, if it's jo, if it's like a jo sound or a j, I don't think it's a hard Maybe it's j. a yo, a yola? I think it's a, like a Yolakotrin. That sounded like it might be Icelandic. <laughs> See, but I feel like you may be putting Germanic emphasis Well, because it has on... an umlaut above the O. Does it work like German umlauts? That's what I'm saying. You're putting ger- Germanic emphasis Jack-o'-lantern on... the Christmas cat. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're calling him Jackie. Jackie the Christmas cat. <laughs> uh, unlike most of the other characters on this list, Jackie doesn't care if you've been bad or good. See, oh God, I don't think this cat's as mean, but... He doesn't care if you've been bad or good. This cat only cares if you're properly dressed. According to a Icelandic tradition. Yeah, right. According to Icelandic tradition. So I feel like canon, he has to be a, a little gay. Because, like, we know how to dress. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie the gay Christmas cat. They can't all be gay. Or Look- in the kink community. Please. <laughs> I'm just like really trying to put a spin on Christmas here. Really make you know it what? interesting. While we're here, I mean, Christmas has nothing to do with Jesus or Originally God or speaking. the Bible. Just so, repurify heck, it. After why not? This. Let's just make it our own. Here we go. You purified it once, you could do it again. Just let me tell my story of Jackie <laughs> the gay Christmas cat. <laughs> Dominatrix. <laughs> with his switch. <laughs> Merry Christmas, guys. Okay. According to Icelandic tradition, the towering, bloodthirsty feline, oh man, he's just, okay, uh, who lives with Gryla the, and the Yule Lads. Oh, uh, so yeah, I you thought know, Gryla sounded familiar. Yeah, so you know, the sausage swiper and the door slammer, Gryla and Jackie just hanging out in the- In the mountains? In the mountains, yeah. They, oh gosh. So this cat eats people who don't get new clothes before Christmas, which like that's a little classist. That's not fair. Yeah, that's okay. Exactly. You got the farmer. Are we hitting like the seven deadly sins? What would this be? I don't know. If Vanity it would... is that a, maybe is that a one of them? Yeah, I. I think yeah. So, yes, indeed. <laughs> no, you got me googling. So Weirdly much over enough, here. the only one I'm very familiar with is gluttony. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, all in zero. Don't come for me. Oh, I have to look them up. Okay, well, while you look that up, I'm going to finish about Jackie the Gay Cat. 
So he eats people who don't get new clothes before Christmas. That ties into another Icelandic tradition in which those who have finished all their work for the year get new clothes before the holiday. In the end, the fashion conscious cat is just another way of motivating kids and sometimes adults to behave lest they be eaten by a giant feline. See, Mm. just because I didn't get new clothes doesn't mean I didn't behave. Like... (laughs) Did we say vanity? I don't think vanity. Oh, well. It's pride, greed, wrath, envy, lust, gluttony, and sloth. Okay, so pride. I, I That would have to be classified under pride loosely. Yeah. And then you have gluttony for the fat farmer or mm-hmm. eating too much. Yes. Maybe I don't know what else. <laughs> I, was like, I, I was like, I don't know where you're going with this. It was a good thought. It was a good reach. But a reach nonetheless. Bad kids could be wrath. I mean, Krampus is wrath. Yeah, but they're going after people. I thought maybe they're going after people who hit the seven deadly sins. Okay. I'm picking up what you're throwing down. But but you know what? The seven deadly sins are within the Christian teachings. So maybe not. Mm. Because Christmas isn't about Christ. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Anyway. Um, so yeah, this cat will eat you if you don't get new clothes. Very classist, a little, uh, tone deaf as far as social stance, social economic right? standing goes. Goodness sakes. Jackie. Jacqueline. Stay in, yeah, Jacqueline, stay Jacqueline. in Iceland. I don't know how else I can say it. I don't know. Jack. JJ. <laughs> yeah, there it is. JJ the Christmas cat. <laughs> Okay, finally. <laughs> the last one. The last male one. So this one, I'm going to say with confidence, uh, and it's still not going to be right, but it's fine, because as long as you do things with conviction, people believe you, right? So yep. Tio de Nadal. I, uh, yes. Yeah, see, that sounded really good, right? Sounded good to me. So Tio de Nadal is a Catalan is character that's also known as Caga Tio. Oh, this that was my... did not sound confident. <laughs> no, it doesn't because I started laughing because I wanted to leave this one. This is the one that I started laughing. I turned my laptop and I was like, you can't look because I got really excited about Tio. So Tio uh, is also known as Kaga Tio or the pooping log. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and please, I will absolutely, if nothing else is on the website, a picture of Tio de Nadal is going to be on there because... They explain what he looks like. Starting with the Feast of the Immaculate Conception on December 8th, Catalan families host a Tio, which is a small hollow log propped up on two legs with a smiling face painted on one end. Oh. <laughs> Each night. No, it gets so much better. Each night. The fa- <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what just crossed my mind. It has nothing. To, it's not a log, but okay. it is a piece of wood. <laughs> what? How did we even get here? Is anyone... If anyone Stop. is in our age range, the millennial. Are you going to talk about, I'm going to say, on th- we're going to count down to three, and it's going to sound really dumb if I'm not okay. picking up what you're talking about. Ready? One, two, three. Stick Stickly? No. <laughs> stick Stickly. I heard that on Nickelodeon. He was a popsicle stick with oh lies. Okay, I was going the Nickelodeon route, and I was going to say Ed, Ed, and Eddie, where Plank. Oh, I guess Plank too, but I thought Stick Stickly, which, okay, I'm not a good millennial because I don't remember the address, but if you can, rem- if you remember oh the address, God, stick you know stickly. What? y'all are going to cheat anyway, I know you're going to Google it, but if you remember Stick Stickly's address, <laughs> just let us know. <laughs> We're going to write him a letter. 
A very strongly worded letter. Okay. Back to the pooping log. Yes, back to the pooping log of Tio. So they, yeah, he's propped up on two legs with a smiling face painted. So imagine a, a log like this. I'm vis- I'm doing a hand for Megan that you guys can't see. Okay. A log like this, and they put two sticks over here, so he's propped up like so. Uh-huh. And then the face is painted on this end, so he's just, like, sitting up. Very nice. Very. If he's hollow, he's yelling or smiling. Well, he's hungry <laughs> is what he is, because, <laughs> because each night the family gives the log... <laughs> It's so dumb. I'm so sorry to people who like practice this and they're like, they actually really are into it. I don't know if this is supposed to be a joke, but like, come on. Maybe I'll laugh at big fat jolly Santa Claus who gives us coal and candy. They feed the hollow log. He is hollow. Yes, they feed the hollow log a few morsels of food to eat and a blanket so it will stay warm throughout the evening. Um, and then on Christmas or Christmas Eve, the family then orders... The... You can't make this stuff up. The family then orders the hollow log to to defecate small gifts. Oh my God. Family members sing songs and hit the log with sticks. I... I'm so sorry, guys. I really hope you're enjoying this episode as much as we are. And I am in tears. I am, I am in, literal in literal tears, tears right now. We okay. both said that. I'm so mad. It's fine. I have to. I'm gonna take a breath and try to keep a straight face through this last bit. Okay, I won't look at you. Family members sing songs and hit the log with sticks in order to speed its digestion. And then the log stop. Then the log gradually drops candies, nuts, and dried fruits that the family shares. Gross. It's okay because when a head of garlic or an onion falls out of the log, all of the treats are finished for the year. Oh, wait, wait. Who's putting this stuff in the log? I, I don't know. So they fed him. I don't know. And then he just defecates presents and candies Some, and fruits. Okay, let's be honest. Someone put presents presence inside this hollow log and then put a he's real (laughs) shut up he really if you feed him he will poop oh can we just surprise and delight the family with a log on christmas in the yard like you guys come outside (laughs) everybody grab a switch (laughs) everyone should have one in their stocking (laughs) we asked for consent first it's fine Invite everyone out in the yard so our neighbors can watch us beat a log. And I just, and what I'm picturing, absolutely, I hope you're picturing the same, is like when in Shaun of the Dead where they're beating yes. the zombie on the floor. Oh That's how God. they're beating Tio until garlic falls out. Oh, I'm gonna put on Queen when we're beating the. <laughs> that Don't is my favorite by now. far. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy. Okay, Jesus. It's the most I mean, wonderful time of the year, not- y'all. <laughs> I mean, T.O., not Jesus. (laughs) Okay. And for better or for worse, that's what I've got. Oh, (laughs) it's okay. I don't think you can top that anyway. (laughs) I love, I saved T.O. for last on purpose. Um, And then just this last little bit. These are the pictures I'll put on there. Here's a couple of the Christmas cards that I don't know if Megan saw. So there's the amphibian uh, murdering the other amphibian. And it says, what does it say? Like, Merry Merry Christmas Christmas to to you. Yeah. And he's literally got, like, a sword through his heart. Mm -hmm. He's dead on the ground, and he's just running away with a sack of money, it looks like. Yeah, as you do. There's a mouse riding a lobster. And Uh some 
very questionable snowmen. Yeah, um, a woman like emerging from one of its uh, stomachs. Surprise! But yeah, the the rat and the lobster is when the barista walked up behind me and was like, "What are you looking at?" And I was like, "Obviously, Christmas cards." Your Christmas card. Do you like it? Yeah, I was gonna send you this to you. So that is a touching base on the origin of ghost stories being told during Christmas time and like maybe the original Christmas tradition. Right. And that last bit may not have been ghostly, but it was just in, in the vein of traditions of outside of the realm of just here's Santa Claus Here's yeah, some gifts. Because let's be honest, the majority of our listeners are in the US. So I would say most of us are familiar with Santa Claus and getting either presents or coal. You know, no one is dragging us off in a bag. Nobody is You're slip- not getting a cutting to our the throat. throat. <laughs> Just <laughs> the God, let's everybody be grateful, okay? Yeah, you know what? It, it is a it's a hard time to to bring it down to a serious note. It is hard times right now. It's bleak times, and we all just need to come together and have just a little bit of joy in our lives, like this podcast. You know what? Just get drunk and yeah, read about and Christmas laugh at tradition. A log. Yeah, laugh at a pooping log. So. <laughs> because that's all we have right now. So it's all that's left in this world. <laughs> Um, okay. Oh, Tio. Oh, I love Tio so much. When you see the picture, you'll love him too. So <laughs> we obviously have nothing to rate here. So mm-hmm. instead, just in the vein of spooky We're going to take it a little different route because, and of course you wouldn't know this. And at this point, if you do celebrate, you've already started the celebration at this point. But the day we're recording is actually December 21st. So that would be... The shortest day of the year, the beginning of winter solstice, and the beginning of Yuletide, which is a pagan holiday, and I know we have listeners who do celebrate, so mm-hmm. I thought, and we dabble, it's not that we're full-on pagan we're or anything like that. Anything, yeah, but. but we do dabble in tarot cards and crystals and things like that, so I thought it would be, I think we agreed, it would be fun to do a, a little winter solstice Yuletide tarot reading for everybody, so... Yes. This is just a two-card poll, so it's not anything uh, super intense. Uh, We're not getting really in-depth. Of course, this will be very general to everyone, and it's just something fun, something a little different outside of the normal. So this whole episode has been a little bit different, and honestly, (laughs) we should probably start doing more cocktails because... I was going to say, I I have had a lot of fun doing this. (laughs) This cocktail, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yeah, go ahead. You know what? Just now that we've drank it and sat on it, ditch the cranberry juice. Do the wine. It's so much better. (laughs) Right. You just want to get wrecked real fast. Mm -hmm. Another family, uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Get together? Get together. Holiday. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Another family holiday where you want to, you know, maybe ignore some family. Just toss Mm -hmm. one of these back. One or two of these back. You'll be good to go. Tell them about a pooping log. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just still stuck on Tio, can't get over it. All right, so for the tarot poll, again, this is going to be a short, just a little general one. Take it as you will interpret it the way you want to interpret it. If you do it all, if you don't want to listen to this, whatever. Um, I'm going to do a two-card poll. So the first card I'm going to be pulling is the reflection of this past year. So <laughs> what what's happened to you in, in this these past months that you need to do some inner soul searching reflecting on 
you know, don't dwell on these mistakes, something that you need to let go and move on from because the second card I'm going to pull is going to be the return. So what do you need to bring back to yourself? So first we're going to say, what do you need to let go? And then what do you need to focus on? Pretty simple tarot card. It's a nice little Yuletide tarot pull. Yes. So, ahem. Interesting. You, I was going to say you made a face immediately. I can't see the cards from here, so. I did a good shuffle there. I feel like I did a, a pretty decent job of shuffling. I even dropped them on the floor, so. <laughs> but that's, it was meant to be. It's fine. I mean, yeah, they, the cards fell the where they Let the chips fall where they may, if you will. Fall? Fall where they may. What fell, you say? fall. Let the chips <laughs> fall where they may. I don't know what you said. It's I don't okay. either. We're here now. So the first call, both cards that I pulled are actually upright cards, which is usually, I think, a good thing. Mm -hmm. Both cards are pentacle cards. Oh, now, okay. if you're familiar with the tarot, pentacle cards are usually dealings with materialistic things, the material world. So I think it's interesting that to let go and to bring back into your life are is both. Yeah. both. But the first card I pulled is the Seven of Pentacles. Okay. Which is what you're going to be letting go. So what's happened in this past year that you just need to make amends with and you need to just, it's over. You've done what you can. So the seventh of Pen Seven of Pentacles has to do with hard work and perseverance which seems strange mm -hmm. when you think about it, but it's almost alluding to the fact that you've worked so hard all year long that you've kind of come to fruition at this point. Like you can go ahead, you can stop trying so hard. You can stop working so hard. You've kind of, you've come to that uh, pivotal moment in your life. What is it? Harvest the fruits of your labor or something like that. Yeah. In a way. So you've been working, uh, hard work and it wasn't easy, which I feel like we can all attest to that, that this year has not been easy. Not even a little bit. It was very demanding. It called for a lot of resources out of you. Um, it offered a lot of promise. This card did. So with it saying to let go of that, I, it's not saying quit trying. I think it's saying that you're coming to a point in your life where this year you've done what you can mm -hmm. and now the second card is what to take in what to bring back to you and that is the six of pentacles uh oh just one away it is and that's why i said i did a lot of shuffling on yeah. that i feel like i shuffled them pretty darn well right and, and still, they fell and i dropped them <laughs> so <laughs> and i picked up the six of pentacles and this is what you should bring back to you which is charity generosity and sharing uh, yeah so this year has been a year of uh humbling so yeah. if you think about all the work that you've done you've had to really bust your tail to get <laughs> to get where you are and a lot i mean we're still struggling people are still struggling it's this isn't easy it's very stressful it's very hard there's only so many outlets in our life that you can escape to for a little bit and kind of, I don't want to get too like deep or whatever, but I feel like that's kind of what this podcast did. It's something that's been sitting in the back of our minds for a while. And mm -hmm. we eventually brought it to life during a pandemic. And it's mostly, 
I think it it's because we were losing a lot of things in our everyday life that kind of kept us sane. Yeah. So this was a way to bring us back, I guess, to some type of grounding. So I hope I'm making sense in my drunk yes. ramblings. Yeah, no, 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 it is, it is. So at this point, I the say Six also of Pentacles. Being drunk, so who knows? <laughs> with the Six of Pentacles, it's saying you know you should consider this a spiritual achievement. You know, you find peace in what you've done, and you've worked so hard. Now find joy in giving that hard work to others. You know what you've worked for, give that back to people. Mm-hmm. You've done a lot for yourself. You focused on yourself. Now it's time to focus on others and yeah, after the share hardship, the wealth. Yeah, after the hardships of 2020, I feel like a lighthearted 2021 could not hurt at all. No, and I really like this line. I do. I have an app, kind of like a um, a companion, I guess, for its hero cards. If I have trouble interpreting what what I've pulled, because I I'm familiar enough with tarot, but sometimes I'm not as clear on what it's trying to tell me. And I actually really like the line that it says. It says that this situation is reminiscent of your own past suffering and it's time to help others and uh, to help an echo of yourself and what you see in other people. Okay. So, so pretty, I really like almost that Almost a little on the nose, yeah. Mm-hmm. So relieving this pain is in its own a reward. So... You can relax, you can rest going into this new year, knowing that you can share the wealth with others and not necessarily material wealth. Yeah. Yeah. It just, whatever you've been working on, take a break and share it with other people. Please. I need a break so bad. So that was good. I like that. I was kind of a little confused when I saw the two pentacles. I'm like, so... Stop worrying about money, but continue to worry about money. And that's just the very base level of pentacles to me just means material gain. Yeah. Or loss. But in this case, it's just saying share the wealth, whatever that wealth may be to you. Right. And that is our... That concludes our Christmas special. Yes, Christmas Eve special. Christmas Eve special. Yeah, so takeaways from this, I think that we should absolutely bring back uh, telling of ghost stories at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm super here for it. And yeah, like you don't have to with the tarot pool. Like I said, take that with a grain of salt, especially because we're the ones that pulled it, and your energy wasn't in it, and what have you. It's kind of like fortune cookie style. But I think you don't have to be practicing. You don't have to be super deep into it. Like no. tarot can thing. tarot can be it can be helpful to anybody if you have an open mind to it. Here's my thought process on the tarot, because I know there's some pushback from some family mother that (laughs) tarot's, you know, it's evil or it's, I don't even know how to, what the thought is, but they, it just has a negative connotation to some people who, who don't understand or don't research what tarot really is. And my, my comment, and it is kind of, I mean whatever but my first comment was have you ever read your horoscope that's all tarot is it's just a more detailed horoscope right so it goes a lot deeper than this but i feel like in my mind i equate it to like christianity however you want to view it you people use it as a source of comfort tarot Mm -hmm. for the most part is a source of 
knowledge and comfort. It's it's another way to find solace and comfort and understanding and explanations and whatever. It's just another another and people, outlet for that. People get really scared of it and it they're hesitant or wary of it because oh it's gonna I don't want to see death or I don't want to see the ten of swords. Like I don't want to see the my death things. or someone else's death in the cards. The thing that I tell people with tarot is that if you see something and you don't like it, change it. There are very few things in the tarot that are out of your control. 95%, 98% of it is within your control. Mm-hmm. You can, If you don't like what's happening, change it. That's all it is. And or you can just kind of dismiss it if you want. Put however much stock into you you want. But it's just another way to learn more about yourself, I guess. So, yeah, didn't mean for this to get like into a tarot thing. Yeah, sorry. We could obviously we could probably have a whole other podcast just about tarot and uh, which there are plenty out there. I was gonna say do a daily tarot reading, which there kind of are. If you guys like the tarot readings, we could do them more often. But yeah, give us feedback on that. Why not? Sure, we're doing all sorts of different things today. So (laughs) if you just like the history of things and you say forget the ghost story. I mean, that probably won't happen, but you can right. we'll definitely take suggestions. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that concludes our podcast. That does. And I was episode. looking, I was wondering if this was going to be the last episode of the year, and it's not. We get to come back at you with one more big day, apparently, and Is it's it New, New Year's, Year's Eve. Eve. Yep. Uh, maybe. I don't know if we want to do two episodes in a row. You guys let us know how you liked this. I mean, we've got more stories to let you guys... We've been to more haunted places we can tell you about, but... Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what the future holds. Yeah, basically, I was just looking because I didn't know if I want to be like, see y'all next year, (laughs) but like, no, we'll see you next Thursday. Yeah. (laughs) Very, very close to next year. Yeah, just itching at it, man. Right. You can join us as we exit the dumpster fire that is 2020. Make 2021 so much better. Good Lord, please. (laughs) Good to you, please. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we will see you guys New Year's Eve. See you next Thursday. Okay. Bye. Bye. Mixing and music by Kelsey Ingram. Cover art is by Cody Mason. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at OrSoTheySayPod. Visit us at our website, OrSoTheySayPod.com, where you can find links to all social media. If you like the show, please subscribe to our newsletter and consider donating to our podcast at patreon.com forward slash or so they say pod. Running a podcast takes time and money, and we'd love to give you the best listening experience possible. Episodes can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help drive us up the charts. And of course, thanks for listening.